following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast. We're still at Summer League. My name's Charlie Erling. I have Davin Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? And David McGraw. Hi. And we are going to give some way too spicy, probably more towards the mild side, Summer League hot takes. After that, we're three years deep in Summer League, so we feel like we can maybe give some tips for your time at Summer League if you choose to go next year, so... We'll end things with that for this one. Make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Time for these somewhat spicy takes. And I know we've talked a lot about Shaquille Harrison and Davon Reed over the summer league period. So do either of you guys have a mild take on one of these guys? I have one that I don't. 100% believe in, but let's just run with it and see where it goes. Davon Reed could replace Troy Daniels' spot this year, and Troy Daniels could be slotted as our third shooting guard this year. Davon has looked good. We've talked about it plenty. He's gotten to the basket. He's looked athletic. His shot looks good. His defense is good. As long as he can stay healthy and translate what he's done in a small sample size of Summer League games to the actual NBA... That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and, um, you know, this is an interesting take. You were way more bold about it until, like, five minutes ago, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll call you out on I that I mean, it's... I realize how unrealistic it is, because <laughs> Troy Daniels is so much better of a shooter, and, again, it's Summer League. Yeah, like, how how good is, like, Davon's defense going to be when he's having to guard Lou Will? Or, like... Name another bench guard that like just shoots a lot and gets Troy hot. Daniels. Oh yeah, like guarding <laughs> Troy Daniels exactly. Um, like him just going up against those guys. That's gonna be a whole nother conversation by the time we get there because you know when he's going up against insert no name G League guy maybe here. Like yeah, he looks good, but we haven't seen him do it against anyone noticeable. It's different, yeah. So, I personally think there's a bit of a defensive renaissance going on in Phoenix right now with the guys we got, especially Trevor Ariza. I mentioned this on the last one, but Trevor Ariza takes offense to it if you do not play defense. Is Troy Daniels going to get by? I know we, like, when we brought Troy Daniels in, I thought of him as like a, a chippy hustle guy that can hit some threes, but all he does is hit threes. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Davon just has such a big advantage when it comes to being a playmaker and a defender. I think that's kind of the style we're looking for now. So, yeah, we can go with the analytics about how teams need to shoot either threes or layups, but Troy Daniels doesn't even shoot layups, so... Right. He had a couple. He had a couple this season. Yeah, he, he got to the rim about as often as Bender did last season. Yeah, like, Troy Daniels <laughs> is a spot-up shooter. Troy Daniels is a good spot-up shooter, but 
you need guys who can do more than just that. And, like, I'm not saying Davon is more than just that yet, because Davon's not really anything in the NBA. But if he can do anything more than that, that would be great. Yeah, and look, I love Davon. I want him to be good so bad. I was really excited for him last year. It looks like he picked up where last Summer League took off, but, like, Sometimes guys are just good in Summer League and they just can't do it in the pros. And right now we have a proven guy, even though he's annoying and he drives us insane. Like, he shoots 40% from three. And, like, yeah, he chucks up eight shots a game or whatever and they're all threes. But, like, he hits them more often. Like, not more often, obviously not. Because 40% is not making them more often than not. But more often than other guys. And we've seen... 30-so games of NBA time for Davon. And yes, he was coming back from injury and all this other stuff. But we can't just put all our chips in that basket right now. And unfortunately, he's just not... Like, Troy Daniels is just better. And he's going to be better for the foreseeable future. I think the real take here is that Davon Reed is going to get some substantial minutes in the NBA this year. When, I think before Summer League we weren't 100% sure that he would even be on the roster. I think he has solidified that spot. And like like Charlie just said about Trevor Ariza, he is going to fit that mold pretty well and get some substantial minutes, and it's going to go well. I mean, Troy Daniels is going to play a lot, especially because spacing is going to be a lot better for our team this year, and he's going to get some better opportunities and not have to be forced into doing other things. Forced into starting shooting guard role because Devin Booker sits for 30 games. Right, exactly. We're not going to have to deal with that. So do we all think it's safe to say that Davon solidified his roster spot for this season on the Phoenix Suns due to this summer league? Yeah, 100%. He definitely solidified his spot as, you know, the back end of the bench. Him and Shaq are like 14-15 like spot players. Yes. And I don't think that that's not crazy. That's not whatever. They will get minutes. They're not going to get zero minutes. They're not going to get a ton of minutes, but they will get minutes for sure. And depending on how things go, they might get more substantial minutes. My kind of hot take on Davon is that I think I said this in one of the previous podcasts that I think we're going to see some lineups towards the mid or end of the season when, you know, you start messing with things a little bit more and guys are sitting or, you know, take a game off here or there. We're going to see some lineups with Davon put in at the one, I think. Just because we did do a lot of hand... Like, he handled the ball quite a bit in Summer League. I think we might try and see him next to Booker as our two guards. And then, like, with another, like, Josh or um, even Troy Daniels at, like, the three or so with Trevor Ariza and Aiton... And kind of just do this kind of spacey lineup and give Booker the main ball handling, like, responsibilities. And th- I'm not saying that this is going to be like, we're going to start Davon at the one. This is just saying, like, I think we're going to see these lineups and it'll be interesting to see. Especially if Davon's able to pick up a little bit of what he did in Summer League. Okay, I have a somewhat mild take we can kind of go along with that one. You saying that Davon will sh- share the floor with Booker a bit. I think that Shaquille Harrison is going to end up sharing the floor with Booker. I'm not saying that Shaquille Harrison's our starting point guard this year, but it just makes too much sense with his ability to play defense and how athletic he is and the size he has. 
That's a guy I'd like to throw in next to Booker when we're giving Booker primary ball handler minutes. Yeah, I mean, I like that a lot. Because if we play those two with Aiton, too, and give Booker the ability... I, this wouldn't be him as a primary ball handler, ball handler, but if we give Booker the ability to spot up just a little bit more, and we can have uh, Shaq and Aiton run the high pick and roll and have... Um, have Shaq kick out to Booker a little bit. That would be a nice way to get Booker a little bit of rest on offense, still do something he's really good at. And we've seen Shaquille's ability to run that pick and roll and kick out pretty well. So, Right. I think Shaq's going to really have to develop a jump shot before that starts to work, though, because they'll start That's going true. under screens if yeah. he's not going to be quite well, the mid-range shooter we'd want right now. Well, he can, he can figure it out in other ways, even... You know, he hit the corner three a couple of times. Uh, I would say he probably hit the corner three at a good clip whenever, like, he was given the opportunity this summer league. Like, he, he wasn't awful from there, and he seemed to hit it. If he can do that, if he can work on his passing a little bit more and be, like, a passing threat, like, or, like work on his vision, just, like, study and practice, I think that he will be able to carve himself out a spot in the rotation even if he doesn't have, like, a just bona fide good jump shot. We've seen these guys that are point guards that aren't necessarily the best jump shooters play just hustle defense, hustle, grab rebounds, get their guys involved or just know when to defer and just know where their spots are on the offense. And Shaq has the potential to do that if he just keeps on working hard. We also have the ability for when Booker is the primary ball handler to have Shaq be in that slashing role that we've seen from Jackson and TJ. Um, I don't know. I mean, when I say it out loud, I just think like, well, why not have Jackson or TJ do that? But I mean, it's just another threat that we have. Super athletic, good finisher. Well, when you don't have as good of a like point guard to shoot jumpers, you could theoretically put like Troy Daniels, Trevor Ariza, and even Bender on the floor together yeah. with Booker and Shaq and have Shaq be your slasher. Yeah. And then kind of have like spot up shooting and some like screen action here or there with these guys and space the floor. But, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Or Chris instead of Bender, whoever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I've got another kind of hot take. I don't know how hot this is, but I'm going to say it. Igor Kokoshkov will be our head coach at the start of the 2019, 2020 season. That's that shouldn't be too hot. That should never be is. too hot. It shouldn't be, but like I think we have to say this. I think we're gonna have our first season, and how long has it been that we will have had the same head coach for two years straight? I don't even want to think about. I, I, it. I, that's disgusting. And right? I'm isn't that pass. isn't that awful? So like, this is where it gets hot. I guess I love everything that Kokoshkov has done up to this point. And, like, I just, I think he's going to build a really nice culture, and his basketball IQ is off the charts. I I just, I see him as a long-term solution. Yeah. One thing I noticed, we got to sit right behind the bench the other day. It was really cool, but he looked confident, confident while he was coaching. We like to say if players look confident, especially when we talk about Bender, but just watching him talk to his guys and interact with everybody and his coaches, like, he's built for this. You can tell he's been in the NBA 
for 18 years, 18, yep. and he coaches his own team, the, the national team and all that, he's built for it. And if I look back at Watson, Watson didn't look too confident. Even Triano, I, I think he, uh, Triano did a solid job for what he got put into, but he's even said it himself, he'd rather be an assistant coach. Yeah, right. and did Hornacek look confident like that? No, Hornacek can't handle a locker room. That's very obvious. Right. So I mean, he just got fired again this past offseason. Right, like, right. exactly. He, he can't handle a locker room. I think that, you know, Kukoshkov is just coaching guys like the entire time. He's pulling guys aside, talking to them about stuff. And that is so confident. Like he is he like is not shying away from coaching and duties. And I, I like what you said, like Earl Watson. Earl Watson, you would see other guys like trying to like run the plays and stuff because Watson just had no idea what he was doing. And like if it wasn't about yoga or family, he had he just was lost. Did Earl ever pull a guy aside in a game and like coach him up like no. i can't think of one time i ever just saw say that. i mean i'm sure he I love did. you right <laughs> i'm sure he did that hey, but this is different i love you we're family yeah it's all good we're doing it's yoga after this love yoga and trust i'm like that's, even that some should guys, be on a pillow that should be on a pillow <laughs> like even some other guys that like are in the league right now you see ty Lu. ty Lu looks confused all the time like he has no idea what's going that on that might just be his face though <laughs> okay, well, Kokoshkov does not have a face that looks like he's confused all the time, and that just puts the confidence there to begin with. That counts for something, definitely. Yeah. That just makes you have more confidence in him. Like, you see Ty Lue and you're like, this guy, like, who even knows? Because, like, am I supposed to be confident by that face of him just, like, looking there, like, having rings fall out of his mouth? Like, yeah. come on. Why was that? Yeah, can we talk about that? Well, we don't need to. <laughs> but, like, can we talk about that thing happened. from a year and a half that ago? That happened, and we still don't have the answer. <laughs> Once we shut off the mic, we'll okay. we'll get around to discussing okay. that. I think. Okay, I have a somewhat spicy take that doesn't have a ton to do with summer league, but it's based off summer league, I guess. But we didn't see Dragon Bender log a single minute at center. He was never the big man on the court, and I think that means that Marquise Chris is going to be playing some center this year. Because we we know Aiton's going to be starting and logging the most minutes, but we know Tyson's not going to make it through a full 82 this year. So just the fact that we didn't even have Bender in there at center once makes me think that uh, Chris might be getting a lot of backup center duty this year. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it also scares me. But uh, Chris is working. Like... It, I think it's pretty clear that he's working really hard this offseason. And, like, I, I've been down on him a lot, publicly and not. But, like, the guy is a freak athlete. We know that. He can jump out of the gym. He has the ability to shoot threes. Like, if we talked about Bender's development the other day. Like, Chris is still really young. I hate saying that, and Booker says it really well. He's like, being young is not an excuse anymore. But, like, Chris is just another one of those guys that hasn't been playing basketball his whole life, and he's still learning so much. And last year really set him back. So if there's going to be a turning point in his career, it's probably going to be this season. Yeah, I mean, like, he just, he has to step up, and I think he realizes that now. I think, I, I really think that he... Like, this workout regimen in Seattle, like, personal workouts, all that other stuff. I think that's 
been like. I think it's really helped to show that he is taking this seriously. And, like, yeah, he could, like, totally turn around and just be another dud. And I hope... But, like, I don't want that. I don't, none of us want that. Like, we want these guys to be good. And, like, I, I really hope that, like, not having Bender at center is more of just a, like, just very basic implement stuff in the system. Don't put guys out of their, like, out into a bunch of different multiple things that we want them to do. And just do specific things for this summer and then build more in training camp. And that's what I hope it is, because I think it's going to be really frustrating. And I think one of the things that we saw is that you need to, like, you need to give Bender some run at center because there are guys that he just helps with the matchup and helps bring guys out of the paint. He hits like three pointers at like what it was like thirty eight percent this past year. So like, even though he's not going to re if. I said about Pender, if he can look to play defense, rebound, and pass the ball and make smart decisions, I'm okay if his three ball isn't falling. And, like, he's being a productive player at that point. He doesn't need to score 20 points. If he hits threes, great. Attempt those threes and be confident. But don't, like, I don't need him to be a 25, 20-point scorer. Like, it just doesn't need to happen. I just need him to play smart and not look like he's confused and lost and like not confident right and it feels like for the first time in coach Kokoshkov that we have a guy who knows how to use bender or who is going to put bender in the best position it feels like i don't know it's just my confidence in him that makes me more optimistic than i have been previously yeah it reminds me a little bit of the sabonis and okc situation just a tiny bit how when Sabonis went to OKC, he did not play well, and they used him completely wrong and had him shoot a lot of threes. When, like, his post... Like, yeah, he can kind of shoot threes, but his post game and rebounding is where he really thrives. And as soon as he went to Indiana, they put him in that right position, and he had a great season. Like, Bender, I think, has been utilized wrong a lot and just has struggled. But it's a little bit of a similar situation, I think. I definitely don't think Earl or Jay and... Like, no offense to Jay, but, like, they basically just ended up being, like, all right, just try and beat Shannon Fry. And that's <laughs> tough. Yeah. Like... Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, I think that... I think that we will need to have Bender at center, not just Chris, or not just Bender at the four. And I, I really... I think that Kokoshkov will... Like, I'm, I'm confident in what he does. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Tips for Summer League. It's our third year here. We like to think we know what's going on. Uh, I know there's a lot of guys who have been doing it since it was... What did we hear? It was in California. It started in California. Yeah. Yep. And there'd yep. be nobody at the games. And compared to what it is now, it's just amazing. So we're not experts, but we're just going to give you a little bit of our take on the deal. So, Mitch, what's your tip for Summer League? My biggest tip is to walk around and talk to people. Um, you will get up for 30 seconds and stand in line for a hot dog or something, and you'll see 15 people who work for teams. Just say hi. Like, these guys are friendly most of the time. Um, 
you know, you see people with like a team shirt. I mean, I was standing in a line today and there was a guy who works for the Knicks right in front of me. And I knew because he had a Knicks logo on his shirt and he had a media pass. I didn't talk to him or anything, but like a lot of times those guys are happy. You just say, hey, how's it going? And you talk to him, start a little conversation, but walk around the whole concourse and everything. And you'll see so many people we've ran into just like, oh, that's a player. We, I mean, we walked right by Trey Young this year. We walked by Kevin Ray. We walked by... I'm trying to think. The list of people we've seen in the time we've been doing this goes on and on. It's it's amazing. It's so simple, too. So don't just sit. Go, if you watch the Suns or watch whatever team, sit and watch that game. Great. But during other games, get up, walk around, talk to people. Yeah, and mine kind of apes off of this, too. But if you're going to go to Summer League, watching games in Thomas and Mac is great. But if, well, if you don't necessarily know, Thomas and Mac and Cox Pavilion are connected to each other. And Cox Pavilion is where the other games are played. Um, and it's a smaller gym. It's a little more intimate. And it, it's a little closer to like a high school gym than like Thomas and Mac, which is just a straight up normal gym. If you're going to like hit up Summer League, watch games in Cox Pavilion. Like, yeah, if like there are teams that you want to see in Thomas and Mac, definitely do it. Like, it's great. It's a good fan experience. But there's something about Cox Pavilion that like we just did not see or notice as many people that we could interact with in Thomas and Mac than we did when we were in Cox Pavilion. Uh, two years ago, mine and Chuck, mine and Chuck's first year, like we were right next, to, like. Oh, aisle away from Tom Thibodeau. And he just walked by us, and, like, that was it. And, like, last year, you walk. I walked by Dylan Brooks and said, oh, hey, you know, like, good luck this season. I'm rooting for you. And he's like, oh, thanks. Like, that's really cool. Appreciate it. And then you, you sit down, and you look over, and Scott Brooks is in the stands talking with a guy, like, when the stands aren't as, like, busy and stuff. Like, you're just... There's so many more opportunities to interact with some of these people just because you're not in like a straight up arena where the media is down in a specific spot that you can't get past because of security. Like it's just not as like Cox Pavilion is just a little bit more open for that basketball fan experience. Yeah. I mean the other thing with that is it's not even famous people like just other fans getting to talk to them can be really fun. I mean, I know we have phrases that we say at these games that we've picked up from other people just sitting in those gyms and hearing fans, you know, trash talk or whatever and we think it's funny and we remember it. Or you talk to I mean the I talked to people who were sitting behind us and they said, "Yeah, we've been coming to Summer League for 20 plus years and we used to sit in these gyms where there were less than a thousand people and watch these no-name guys and we've been coming every year since." Like that's such a cool story. And it's just cuz you know, you start talking, "Oh, wow, what a what a player. What do you think of this guy or whatever?" And that Cox Pavilion, you hear every word that's said on the yep. court too. You hear yeah. the coaches calling in plays. If you're close enough, you can hear the coaches in their huddle. So that's really fun for a basketball fan, just getting to hear the... I mean, sure, most of us played high school basketball. It's a little different when you hear what these guys are talking about and how deep things are. It's just really cool. But, like, and then also, like, in Cox Pavilion, like, when you're walking by, like, you go down from the stands and go to, like, hit up a hot dog or, like, whatever. You're walking by, like, the the base... Like, you're walking by courtside. Yeah. And a lot of the time, like, there are coaches and just other... Like, they're just right there because... They're right there. And, like, right. if something's not going on, sometimes, like, you'll see... You saw you saw Alvin Gentry 
the both years that we were in Cox Pavilion, and he's just sitting there chilling and talking with people and whatever. You walk by Brent Berry and whatever as they're doing the NBA TV coverage, just like sitting there, and you're just like walking right behind him because that's the way like you do it, and it's it's just so much more intimate from a basketball fan perspective, I think. And Thomas and Mac is great. It's really cool having the games in there. But I was a little bummed that we didn't have any games in Cox Pavilion. Yep. I mean, the trade-off is it's big and comfortable and Thomas and Mac, and then Cox, you got to pile in, but it's worth it when you're there, I'd oh, say. Yeah. All right, I have one tip for Summer League, and it is if you get the privilege of having Jack Cooley on your Summer League roster, you treat him like a king, you give him <laughs> the MVP chance, you do the Cooley. You, it's just you have to do it. Even maybe if he's not on your team, you kind of just have to do, give him love. Lots yeah. of people do that. I know when we played the Kings, the Kings are fond of King Cooley. Yeah. So <laughs> when we were playing, it was getting loud for him, and it's just really cool. And there's been some articles about him lately over Summer League here. I, I didn't get the chance to read it, but I'm pretty sure it's just saying what we experienced and how great it is. Right. No one dislikes Jack Cooley. He seems like a great guy. <laughs> like, you played basketball with a guy similar to Jack Cooley in your day. He was just the big, strong kid who bullied everybody a little bit. And, you know, maybe he just threw some really hard off the glass in some layup, layup attempts. It's because they're too strong. Right. No, he's the kid who, like, in the layup line, throws it right off the backboard. And Those old metal backboards. Yep. Gong! Yep. <laughs> I might have been Jack Cooley. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, like, the whole Jack Cooley thing is so great. And it was funny because the game um, against the Sixers, I had a guy tap me on my back and, at, like, ask me, like, okay, what's the deal with Jack Cooley? Like, like what's going on? And then trying to, like, figure out how to describe this, like, 60 plus year old man why everyone is losing their mind for jack cooley and chanting mvp and all this other stuff like it, it really put into perspective just how silly but fun it is it's like well i, I guess he's like he, he's just like a, he's just always on summer league he's there he's fun and that's it he's not it's, very good but yeah. whatever and then it's like oh so he's like a folk hero and it's like yeah i guess it's yeah. like it's like a an inside joke that you have with thousands of other people yeah <laughs> Comic-Con for basketball nerds. Yeah, exactly. Jack Cooley is the the coolest superhero of the of the time. Yeah, in, Jack Cooley. In early July. Jack Cooley <laughs> is the Jason David Frank of Comic-Con, which Jason David Frank is the White Ranger and Green Ranger from OG Power Rangers. Everyone loves him. He's not like a big celebrity or anything, but he's always there and you love seeing him. Okay, perfect. Makes sense. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're taking a week off after this one. We have to recuperate. We were in Las Vegas for eight days, so we're taking a week off. Then we'll uh, start heading into training camp, and we'll try to keep you entertained over this basketball lull. Oh, we so will keep you entertained. We'll keep you entertained. Thanks for tuning in. Go Suns. <laughs>